in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. We are in the office today. Um, let's do let's do this before we get ahead of ourselves. Things that we need to talk about before we get into the episode. Uh, Primo's Truth About Hunting on Outdoor Channel. Those are still new episodes that are airing. Uh, uh, I think this is like the last week or of the new of the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the last show aired this week. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, actually, we'll be starting tomorrow, starting third quarter over again. So it should be elk hunts. Sweet. Um, so then we got that, and then uh, Primo's YouTube channel. I'm not sure how many new episodes we have left. Probably running out. Of, of, of the new uploads running, but running dry out the bank but if you have not gone and checked out the episodes that have been uploaded to the primo's youtube channel uh you need to i had a had a guy message me uh yesterday said he just discovered our youtube channel oh really and he's been binge watching all day <laughs> yeah it's um it's funny like i've had a lot of folks it's just technology i guess it's um smart tvs and everything people send me messages and stuff and they're watching the youtube shows but they're watching it on their tv yeah you know because the app and everything they're not just watching it on their cell phone that's, and that's how i watch it too yeah, on my tv the app and, and whatnot because first time you know i saw I'm not that up to date yet <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny because i saw i got confused there for a second because i was like that shouldn't be on television that should be and then i was like oh wait smart tv got you, it youtube app yeah, YouTube app on the old smart TV. On but the old it's Fire Stick or Roku or heck, the TVs just come with them now. It's ex- it's it's accessible. That's the point. So how you spell that? Accessible? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can say it. Readily available. Readily available. I can spell that better than I could accessible. That's pretty much my whole vocabulary. I can say things, but don't ask me to spell them. Sometimes you can't even say them. Well, that's the really really big words. Troy asked Jordan to say. I can't even spell pal spell. spell. But yeah, ask Jordan, to, ask Jordan to say statistics. Statistic. Stat- I've been working on that. <laughs> Can you say Vietnamese? Vietnamese. Who? Vietnamese. Who? I, uh, I heard a B in there. Vietnamese. Viet- <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say spaghetti forever. Spaghetti. So I just called it sketty. You a paschetti kid? Spaghetti. 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 Spaghetti-os. Um. So a lot to talk about over the past. We left the last episode that we uploaded for a podcast was uh, when we talked to John Langston. Really, that was that was like the day before we left, yeah, or something like that. Uh, we were gonna because yeah, we left on a Thursday. I don't it, know when you did it, but we uh, I think we recorded, but then we were like we released it after because they they come out on Monday, and I planned yeah. on doing like we had a good plan. Like I thought it was gonna be cool because uh, Brad and I went and did that Arizona thing when y'all were still in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I knew we were going to be staying out, you know, in in the in the forest uh, in wall tents. And I was like, we'll do a really cool episode recorded in the wall tent, but it just it didn't work out. We were going to do it with one of the guys from A3, and uh, the morning that we were going to record was the same morning that we were going to leave and head back to y'all in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And he got called out. He had to go. Someone had shot a bull, and they had to go track it or find it. Yeah, Man, something like that. That's big country out there too. If it's, it's, you got to go look for a bull. Yeah, yeah, there's so many moving parts when we're out there hunting, out especially out west. Yeah, it's amazing how people say you had to go look for it. it's an 800 pound animal. How do you have to look for it? You'd be amazing where they can hide. Yeah, yep. it's um the th- the thing it it never it's one of those things you hear someone say 
such and such never ceases to amaze me. But it really, like, we spend so much time getting ready for elk season. And there's so many things that has to happen during that elk season. And it's oh, like gosh. you get there and then whoop, it's gone. You look yeah. up, you're like, golly, it's over. You know? It don't take long. And and the funny thing is, is when it gets here, you know, every time we pull up, we say this every year, every time we pull up to the camp in New Mexico, we look at each other and go, man, it feels like we just left here. Yeah, no, And this year we didn't turkey hunt this year up there because mm -hmm. of COVID. Normally yeah. we do. So it does feel like you just left there because we – we hunt it the second week of May, usually that last week of the season. Yeah. And then two and a half months later, we're right back up You're there. there again, again, yeah. May. But it's still, uh, the thing that was that was wonky for everyone this year is we pulled up to camp in New Mexico, and there was snow in the yard. <laughs> That's <laughs> never happened. That seems like a month ago, but yeah. Doesn't it, though? That's it, It's such a weird, it's, it's hard to grasp, like, how <clears> it's <throat> like, I don't know. It's like my mind doesn't know how to process it right. Cause like in some in some ways, it's like what Troy says. You get there and you're like, man, I never left. And that's only been two and a half, three weeks ago or something. And but now you talk like like you just said it. You talk about pulling up there the first night and the snow being in the yard. That feels like it was a lifetime ago. Well, I mean the thing about it while we're there, I mean I'd I'd say on average we're putting in what. 15 hour days at least yeah oh absolutely i mean and i mean up at five in the morning out the door by i'm switching know, chairs 30 or seven sometimes eight just depends on what the wind was doing and this year the wind was it's just the craziest year i've ever seen for wind on that ranch and my i don't know brad and i've been hunting that ranch since 2004 and yeah, it was a long just, time you know you 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 waited on the wind. We waited on the wind every single day, which yeah. was a smart thing to do, but it's hard to do. Yeah. No, normally, I mean, it's pretty consistent, the same wind just about every day. And, like, I, I think we had two days this year where it actually did not switch and swap around throughout the day. Yeah. Out of 14. It was a – and what I figured out, um, and we can go from, like, kind of start at the beginning of the trip and work our way through, but – it was just a wildly different elk year, just just across the board. Everything from the wind to the way the elk were, and uh, from where we were at in New Mexico, the rut was later, later. Yeah. And sorry about that. We showed up. Oh, you're fine. Um, we showed up to Arizona, and it was the same deal. Like when me and Brad <laughs> got there, Dang. those guys were, um, those guys were like, man usually it's it's a lot better than this like the elk weren't doing anything i mean you you'd have some yeah. bulls with cows and some bugling in the morning but it's just like there wasn't a rut hardly well, some people want to attest it to the moon and the way it laid and, and and i'm most sure that has a little bit of a factor to it but i could think back in 2004 when brad and i first started hunting that ranch we went that very first week of september and it was rocking and every year after that it started getting later and later and later and then it kind of it kind of plateaued out and stayed about the same yeah but we did go a little bit early this year we did versus what we normally do we did but then it, you hit that point where we were there the days that we were normally there on and it still was just not what it, it normally clicked, is it, it clicked the day jordan killed his bull yeah which would have been the 12th which we weren't there right so so 12 to 13. Yeah, we got there early. Let's talk. We got there early because Brad had drawn a uh, tag in Arizona that took him 23 years to draw, mm -hmm. I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go film Brad. So the plan was is we'll get to New Mexico earlier than normal, try 
for Brad to fill a tag and then me to fill a tag and then we'll leave and then everybody else hunts. And right. Then, um, and Brad killed fairly early. First day? Yeah, that it was the yeah, first day. It was the first full day. First morning out, yeah. Um, and, we were, and we were like, okay. And, but then after that, it just kind of. Yeah. Well, after that, I think we realized what was going on. The elk were wadded up. There's a lot going on on that ranch that has changed a lot of things in, in this past year. Um, Ranch-wise, when it comes to cattle, um, they're doing a lot of underbrushing to try to open up some ground on that ranch, which yeah. is impressive what they've done. And I think that had a lot. I think it moved a lot of elk. Um, and, and it's funny because we can test to what happened on one part of the ranch here in the south because when it rains here, it pretty much rains everywhere. But there was a storm that went through there back in, I think, it was either beginning of August or late July, and it went across the very north end of the ranch, yeah. which is probably not even a quarter of the ranch where it went. And the grass that was there, and after about, I guess about, what, five or six days once we were there, Jim took a ride out there just to go look, and that's where he found all the big bulls. All the mature bulls were out there hanging out with a few cows, not many. In the wide open. <laughs> in the wide open in that pretty green grass and, and, and some of the ponds and some of the low spots in there had more water in it. Jim showed us a video. I, know, I, think, yeah. I think you saw it of how much water was coming across the road. And the guys that were there antelope hunting got locked in and couldn't get across the road, but it didn't even rain right there. It rained six yeah. miles to the north. Just drained yeah. down. So, you know, it, it's different out there when that, that kind of stuff happens. But I will say this, on the, I'm going to say it would be the fourth or fifth day, we were riding back uh, one afternoon in the buggy, me, George, me, Slade, and Jimmy. And it was just, there was bulls everywhere. They, yeah. were tra they started traveling. And yep. evidently when that wind switched and we finally got that little bit of a south southwest wind, there was a cow that went in heat somewhere. And, and it changed you, everything. We all know, man. And I've seen it do it with whitetails in Kansas. You see a whitetail one day in one spot, and you see him seven miles down the, down the river the next morning, and all it takes is just getting that little molecule in his nose, and he's gone. It was funny hearing Jim talk about that because it, it sounded like something out of a fairy tale because we've been – I don't know how many days we've been out there, but we were struggling. We were All we were finding was elk wadded up, and they weren't really doing – much rutting we'd find a whole bunch of cows but not a whole bunch of bulls and then jim comes in telling these stories of these lush green meadows with water running through it and yeah, bulls he made it everywhere <laughs> it's funny he where made is it. this magical place yeah <laughs> it's funny because last night i was i got my grandson at the house and i was watching uh uh dave and ava and everything they they play in those little animated cartoons is beautiful the streams are flowing the grass is green and i'm looking at that going so that was that's what it looked like on the north end of the ranch yeah it was wild, man. It was, um, and so y'all two, y'all two are going to have to loop me in on what happened because like we said, Brad killed that one and that one, he acted good. And then after that we hit the struggle bus. And then I remember like, cause I hunted for four days, three or four days. Yeah. yeah. And then, and, and it wasn't like you wasn't in elk. You just no. wasn't, you wasn't in active elk. Mm -mm. I mean, like you could get, I remember the, the last morning that I hunted, um we were within a hundred yards jordan of some bulls mm -hmm. wilbur dropped back behind us blowing on a hyperlip and i'm just not even acknowledging it yeah i mean just like they weren't they're were like yeah. oh, you know. they wouldn't even look yeah i we mean could, not, we didn't could even, see them they wouldn't even pick up a head up bugle yeah. or anything and we had that same thing happen on like the i think the second or third afternoon with jimmy two two big bulls not not no 
neither one of them were, were satellite bulls or raghorns. They were two mature bulls, and they came walking out together, and we called to them, and one of them just stopped and looked and was just sitting there chewing his cud like, what? Yeah. And just turned around and kept walking. I was yeah. like, well, this ain't going to work. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, when we saw this bull, I mean, he was a good bull, and I was like, 100 yards, this is a pretty good chance we got here. Mm -hmm. And they start calling, and he just act, he doesn't, I'm like, okay, maybe we don't have a good chance. <laughs> it, it, it can be frustrating um, when that does happen. And, and that rut, whether it's, whether it's whitetails, whether it's elk, whether it's moose, um, you know, but boy, when it clicks, it's you've heard people say it a million times. It's like flipping the switch, and it literally is. It's just like flipping the switch, and all it takes is one of those cows to come in the heat, and everybody goes nuts. So, Jordan, Troy, explain to me when that happened, because it happened sometime after Brad and I left. It was like this year. The way I saw it happen was it's kind of a gradual buildup, rather than. The flip switch? I mean, it was a flip of a switch, but it wasn't like I've seen it in the past where you go out there one day and, you know, they're kind of doing it, and you go back the next, and it's just absolutely nuts. Yeah, they're going crazy. And, I mean, I guess that happened. We just we weren't in the right spot at the right time to really see. Like, my bull. Yeah, Y'all were in a completely different location. Yeah. Like, miles, so, uh, miles, miles away. You and Brad left that morning. 19 miles, to be exact, across that plane. Is it? Yep. So you and Brad left, and we were a little late getting out, so we were just like, man, we're just going to go ride and look across these wide-open prairies and see if we can find a bull that's going up in the timber by himself somewhere. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was, what, 10 o'clock in the morning, Troy? We were sitting up there glassing and mm -hmm. saw this bull. like We were looking at him for like three miles away and saw him go up in the trees and uh, – which is what they suppose. Which is what they normally do on that ranch. Yeah, watch them come out of the prairie and go into the timber. Yep. Yeah, and we uh put a game plan together. I mean, it was a, a long hike to get to him the right way with the wind. Wind was another issue. Kept swirling. We had to stop and sit a minute, and it'd get back right, and we'd go a little ways farther. We'd check it, and it was swirling again. So, if I, what did it take us three hours to get hiked yeah, up around well, there? Well, usually. By about 11.30, we finally sat down and decided to have a little lunch, which Wilbur likes. And, and we happened to sit down in the place where Wilbur had a little cell service, so he was able to conduct a little business. <laughs> and then on top of that, lay back, and in between naps, he would just bugle. And uh, about the third time he, he bugled, this bull answered down in the bottom below us. And you know where it's at, Lake, because you've been there. Yeah. And um, there's a... It's pretty incredible how to, to to know now what this bull was trying to do. He was trying to get away, trying to get around that rock wall, and couldn't figure out how. He wanted to get above us, but he couldn't because the wind kept jacking him. Then he tried to go below us, and it's pretty interesting to, now once Jordan killed the bull to see exactly what he's doing. What he was and, trying to and do to be by himself. Yeah, we thought he was by himself. There was another herd down there that we didn't even know was there. Oh, so there was other. Mm -hmm. There was other elk. Mm -hmm. What do you think he was doing? Just he just chilling. Hey, wait, no, I think he was just sitting, I mean, he'd, he'd bugle, like, we were sitting there eating lunch, and Wilbur bugled, and it wasn't a immediate response from him, and it was like, a minute later, he you could hear him go, Yeah, so it wasn't like he was just fired up. No, not at all. No, the first and, time he bugled, I bet, I mean, I'm, I'm going to bet he was laying down. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, he, he was close enough where we stood up and got it, like, I walked 10 yards, and Wilbur started calling. I'll yeah. tell you what I did notice this year, and you, you hunted that place a little bit longer than Jordan. All the elk that did come out of the prairie and go to the timber, they wasn't going very far. You know, normally they got cows with them, they go all the way to the top. Yeah. And we actually called Jordan's bull up to us. That's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So we, we hunted in that same area one morning, 
You remember that? That bull we called up. Yeah, you all, you Brad, y'all went over there. I remember going over there. Yeah, I you think, were hunting. Yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah, after Brad had killed, that. and we did call up a bull, but he he came up behind a bunch of stuff, and you just all, all I could see was the tips of his antlers, but he was no piece inside that timber. Yeah, like yeah. nothing. And the ones the ones that we were hunting with Jimmy and where I killed my bull was the same thing. They were they were actually the bull I killed wasn't a hundred yards in the wood. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how that's how this one yeah. was. I wonder why. That's, I mean, I have to say it because of Kyle not having cows with him. You know, the, the bulls where I killed my bull, when Jimmy killed his bull, there were no cows over there. Hmm. And I think these bulls were just trying to just number one, just get in the shade because it was warm. Yeah. I think they just didn't want to exert any energy and get far away in case they would either hear or smell a cow. Not to mention the wind was totally backwards than it normally is. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen so much east wind in my life I on did, that ranch. I think they just found the first shade to lay down in that was close to water. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's right. Usually when they go up, they go up way up, and they'll be. I mean, you'll come out there in the afternoons trying to catch them coming back out into the meadows well, and you'll hear them and they'll be way up there <laughs> i remember telling jordan when we set up on his bull and the bull was down low coming to us i looked at jordan i said you know if you shoot that bull up here we're gonna have to pack him out he said that's all right that's all right about 30 minutes into packing that bull out he says why'd i shoot that bull up here? <laughs> <laughs> was a, he was close to the meadow why'd y'all pull him away <laughs> it was a pack job because of the wind we, yeah. had, to, we had to get above had no choice yeah. we had no choice we had north wind blowing yeah yeah it was pretty cool to see. He he finally, man, it took it, what, 45 minutes? Yeah, we changed setups three times. And, and really? we finally got where we needed to be, and we were dead. And he went up above us to try to get higher and didn't like that. And then it sounded like he was going away, but what he was doing was going down to get around that rock wall. Uh, uh, I say rock wall. It's just a, you know, kind of like that place in Colorado they call yeah. the where, where the earth at some point in time just pushed the rocks. The stone up. wall thing, yeah. yeah. Same thing in the in the in there. Actually, that's the same spot that Chris Ashley killed a huge club bull. Oh, I think would have been back in two thousand and six or seven on that ranch. Yeah, because when you were texting, <clears throat> y'all were texting me and Brad because we were still. I think we were still driving to arizona because we had a pretty decent drive yeah, to yeah. get there yeah, like and that's how you ago. described it to him you yeah. said tell you were really close to where chris actually killed that yeah, bull. same spot and when i actually text jim that and jim text because jim was still healthy enough back in those days to help us pack elk out and when i text him where we were he says well i'm not coming up there to help y'all with that one <laughs> <laughs> have fun god that was a pack out yeah and then somewhere on that mountain right now so here's what happened on the pack out <laughs> yeah this is a good so story. on the pack out I'm carrying a hind quarter in the front shoulder. Slade's carrying a hind quarter in the front shoulder. Jordan's carrying the head and the cape and some some uh, um, mystery meat in, in, a, in a bag. Wilbur's got his backpack and Jordan's backpack, which he insisted on carrying. Yeah, and standard. So, yeah, so, so right before we get ready to walk off, Jordan just takes his, his vest, his bow hunter's vest, and straps it to the backpack. Well, we get everything down there, and Jordan had to go back up and get the other bag of meat while we were all down there trying to recuperate from carrying all that. Slade fell one time Ooh, with all that meat with on all his that back. Weight. Thank, thank the Lord for Kenetrek boots. I can't say yeah. enough about them boots this They're year. Saving. Oh my gosh! But anyway, I was watching him, and his foot slipped down in between two rocks and twisted. Yeah, I guess I wonder if it didn't break his freaking leg. I don't know how he did do it, but anyway. It was funny to look at him because he rolled over like a turtle, and with all that weight well, on his back, he, stuck. his yeah. feet and his hands are just doing this, yeah. and I had to pick him up. But anyway, so we get back to the truck, and we're putting everything in the truck, and we're done. And Jordan goes, "Anybody seen my bow vest?" I'm like, "No, here's mine." Slade's like, "Well, I didn't have one." And 
Will's like, well, I got mine on, blah, blah, blah. Come to find out Wilbur lost it. Wilbur so, when he was carrying Jordan's yeah, pack. So, so we're thinking, <laughs> all right, we'll just go back the way Wilbur came out, right? I mean, we just followed the drain down. It's pretty. Yeah. Cut. It's a hard walk, but it's a straight walk. Yeah, it's not like a, it's not a complicated to get where you were. It was very complicated for Will Primos. Sure. <laughs> he left from where we were standing and went up. And then back down. And then, then back, back down. And then back up. And then back. He told me, he says, I didn't want a side hill because I didn't want to. His foot was bothering him. You know, last year he had surgery on one foot. This year the other foot's bothering him. So Jordan and Wilbur went back to look for him. Normally Wilbur tracks where he walks on, on his, his own axe. Yeah, his own axe. But yeah. I guess because he was walking out, he didn't want to or didn't think about it or whatever. And so I thought for sure they'd just walk up there where Wilbur went because, I mean, you can actually follow your footprints in that dirt sometimes. Yeah. Well, I know we did. Well, I'm most sure in about 100 years from now there'll be some, I don't know, maybe some – new explorer or somebody going through there is going to find that Primo's vest out there with Jordan's release in it and uh, all, all his stuff. Yeah. And the good thing is his cell phone wasn't in it. If his cell phone would have been in it, we probably would have found it. We yeah, just didn't have found his cell phone. That's, yeah. that's the thing. I was like, that's not Losing a bow vest isn't like just losing any article of clothing. There's, no. there's contents so in that thing. A lot of things. I lost my rangefinder. Oh, my gosh. My release. My multi-tool. My good wind checker, all my elk calls. What else was in there? Flagging tape. Did you oh. have any food in it at all? Uh-uh. Good, because I'm thinking if we go back for turkey season, we can possibly find it. The bear's probably going to grab it. They oh, always ain't no do. doubt. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, I'm a, my pocketbook going to be hurting replacing a lot of yeah. that stuff that was in there. I you know. don't even realize you have all that. If no, I was, not if until I was you, you I'd send Will to Bill. Oh, but, I am. Yeah. I already got an invoice made up. There you go. Well, that's when you told me, I was like, anything but a bow vest. Like a jacket would hurt. I mean, you don't want to lose anything, but like a bow vest has some stuff plus, in it. Plus, I'm charging for my emotional damages. Plus, you had to walk back up the mountain again to go look for it. Twice. And so how did y'all discover the route that Will took? Did he, Was he trying to show y'all yes. the way that he walked? Me and him, we, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, he pretty much made him a switchback. <laughs> Why did he do that? Uh, obviously, we didn't go the way that he actually went because we would have found the vest. Right. So. And don't get me wrong. It, it is a side of a mountain, and it's, you know, in spots it's thick, but... Wilbur did say I walked through. I tried to go around all the thick stuff, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can only imagine." I'd love to have that on Onyx just to see what it looked like. What he did, yeah, yeah. That's because yeah. when Jordan told me that, I knew it's it's weird that he didn't have a track because he normally like will have his tracker turned on sometimes, and I'm like, "Why are you tracking yourself now?" You know, I mean, he like always has it on. That he must have been yourself, the one time he tracked himself when he was calling for Jimmy for the bull he killed. You ought to see that track. Probably look like oh my yeah. gosh, it, it looks like a it like a like, five year old coloring. Looks like, like a centipede on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't a hundred percent his fault. I should have strapped it on there better, but I never yeah, thought it came off. It would have come off. Yeah, I didn't lose nothing. Did you? You did. But yeah, I lost yeah. a lot. <laughs> but Slade didn't drop nothing. I mean, and the, we were carrying <coughs> all the heavy stuff. <laughs> the funniest thing is, like. So we were hunting. This was in that window before we left for Arizona, and we had this. This happened to us several times. But we'd get on some elk that morning, and it was a fairly decent herd, and they would still be in the timber. But by the time we finally eased up to them, they were out in this meadow, 
And me and Jordan had gotten to the point, like this one bull that had cows was pretty much the only game in town. And so we were trying to get crawled up close to him and Brad and Wilbur are back there to call. Will's dropped back. Brad's dropped even further back. You know, they were going to work in tandem, mm -hmm. which is fine. And uh, we finally get in position. Jordan's set up. I'm set up. I'm glassing, looking. And finally, like, I see the bull. The bull comes running out. I, can't, I think he was chasing like a like a satellite, satellite bull no. off like a raghorn he comes running out there and i start spinning i try to get wilbur's attention to call i'm like i'm like you know there he is that's you know that's the and i, I spin around and look and i can't i'm like there's brad way i mean like brad's way back there yeah yeah because brad the way it was supposed to work the way the the way the plan was drawn up yeah. is i'm supposed to get wilbur and then wilbur's supposed to signal to brad you know so I'm looking around. I'm like, where in the world is Will? I'm scanning. I'm scanning and through the grass and the trees. And if I catch something, I'm like, what is that? And it is the top of the brim of Will's hat. Oh, Turned straight up down. facing the sky. And I craned my neck up and look, and Wilbur is out cold. I had that happen to me once before. All I could see was his white socks up on a rock. Yeah. Yeah. He's sleeping. If if he's if you stop longer than about three or four minutes with him, he's going to sleep. And finally, like when How does I, he stay awake in a deer stand? I don't but Jordan hunts with him more than anybody. The funnier I thing put is... put my arm on his shoulder in case he tries to fall sideways. The funnier thing that happens when I finally woke him up, or I didn't wake him up, the elk bugled, and he woke up. I looked up, and he just kind of has his neck, and he looks at me, and he goes... And he kind of... I mean, like he's mouthing words to me because he can't talk. He's, he's like, bull. And I said, nodded, yeah. He said, is he big? And I was like, thumbs up, like, yeah, he's big. And he went... Does he have cows? I'm like, yeah. He just laid his head back down. <laughs> <laughs> Pointless to him, right? Does he have cows? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all figure it out. I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. God. It's always an adventure when you hunt with him. Um, and I think that, that for, for him at his age to be able to continue to do what he does, he, he trains so hard and tries to stay in so – I mean, he, he, as far as body mass index, I don't know. He probably ain't got but an ounce of fat on him. Yeah, but he is in good shape. He now. is, and as he's gotten older, his hearing's gotten a little bit worse, and he knows it. And I think one of the things that I that I watch with him, especially this year, is when he hears a bull, he thinks it's a heck of a lot closer than it really is. Because we were setting up on bulls that were like a half a mile away, <laughs> and I asked him one one morning. I said, "We setting up here? Yeah, you didn't hear that bull right there?" I said, yeah, "I heard that one way over there. Yeah, he's close." I said, "Okay." So we sit there for 15, 20 minutes, calling, 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 nothing happening, which the elk were moving. But that's, you know, eyes and ears, boy, and nose for us as people. It's it's the three three senses you got to have when you're elk hunting. Mm -hmm. Where did you end up killing yours? Uh, down there where Jimmy killed his. Okay. Which we call South Headquarters. Okay. Uh, down in the low country. Um, it was a kind of a blessing in a way. It was, it was a wide of about, I don't know, the most I counted was like 16 bulls one morning, just all out there feeding around like cows. I mean, just like cattle, walking around, eating yeah. every now and then. Some of the smaller bulls would tussle with each other, and we'd go watch them every morning and every evening. And we just kept watching them, watching them, watching them, kind of figure out what they were doing. We tried to put Jimmy on a couple of them uh, earlier in the week, but the wind was wrong. We just right. couldn't do it. Uh, we're going to try to set him up. And that was the plan for this whole trip with Jimmy was to hopefully catch those elk doing what they were doing last year. Mm -hmm. uh, on, on the basically the south end of the ranch in water holes but 
I, I think with the pressure of the underbrusher and all the work that they're doing on that ranch for the cows and the, the cattle farmers and the cattle ranchers and the cowboys, I think it just moved a lot of those elk out of there, which is fine. We just backed up and punted. Yeah. We watched those elk that morning go in about 7 o'clock and watch where they all went in. And uh, Wilbur, me, Jordan, and Slade uh, were together. Y'all were still in Arizona. And we yeah. just marched up in there, and we got there. And when we got there, the wind was totally wrong, totally opposite. So what that meant was we're just going to find a shade tree and lay down, which Wilbur loved. He loved that idea. Until the flies started bothering him. <laughs> Then you look over there, you hear him rustling around, you think he's just digging in his backpack, but he's got a white handkerchief over his face. He's got his gloves on, and he's got his phone laying next to him playing the soundtrack from Jeremiah Johnson. <laughs> and he is sound asleep until that elk bugles in the soundtrack of Jeremiah Johnson. He wakes up and looks at everybody and goes, y'all hear that? That was a bull. That was a bull. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. It's in the movie. He loved, That's his favorite part of the whole movie. But once the wind changed, like they said it would about midday, with today's technology, you kind of know what's going on, and we were able to just slip in there and, and, and find one still in his bed. And uh, we slipped in there and didn't say a single thing to him until uh, about, I don't know, it had to be 530. It was and, afternoon, huh? Yeah, and Wilbur got him to bugle. We stayed out there all day, uh, and Wilbur got him to bugle. But before that, the one bigger bull that I watched go in that morning, um, we went in on him, and when the wind got right, we walked in there and Wilbur bugled one time. And this bull was about 100 yards from us, still in his bed. And it was one of those, you woke me up kind of bugles. Yeah. yeah. So we got set up and I'm standing there and, and I turned a little bit and I heard the rocks crumble under my feet. And I was like, that's not going to work. So I was shuffling the rocks away and I looked up and he's standing there about 70 yards looking at me. Mm. So I, that was over with. And he just stood there. I looked at him and he looked at me and he, you know, in his eyes, I could see him saying, I see you and I'm not coming. <laughs> And he left, so we went up a little bit higher and got on two more um, that were a little bit higher, and they came in and did the – I made the ultimate mistake of, of moving from where I originally started and didn't tell Wilbur. And Wilbur wound up staying where he was, and the bulls wound up coming up higher above us because of yeah. the wind, the way the wind was blowing. And the, the first bull was a really nice bull, but that second one, it's one of the biggest bulls I've seen on this ranch in 16 years. Of really? There. Yeah. He was an absolute stud. Me and Jordan were standing together. and So after that happened, Will came over there and kind of chewed me out for a minute, which I deserved. And um, <laughs> we went down and got a little bit lower and found that bull, bedded up. He bugled one time in his bed, and we sat there for how long, Jordan? Hour and a half, just waiting. A long time. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Actually, for the first time in my life of hunting with Will Primos, I turned to him and did this, which means, you know, when you put your hands together, it means go ahead and call. Yeah. And he just gave me a big like this and i told jordan i said you get that because you don't never see wilbur say no i'm not calling right now yeah and he didn't and uh he waited till everything he felt like everything was right and he bugled one time and that bull bugled in his bed and i, I and honestly believe you and i saw he him waited on that bull to bugle yeah. first before he yeah. called and all he did was just a little you know just whistle. Up. and then wilbur turned on the floodgates and he stood up and come walking out, and Jordan said, Jordan looked at me, and says, Well, he didn't look. I was looking at the bull, and I heard Joe behind me goes, Oh, yeah, we're killing him. That bull walked out, he bugled three or four times, and then found a little short, I call Christmas tree, which is a little spruce tree, about four foot tall, and commenced to tearing that thing down to nothing but a toothpick. <laughs> and um, it, it's pretty cool because it, it took forever, and it was fun to watch, but there's one part in there when he pauses from rubbing 
and just so happens that Wilbur bugles at the same time, and that bull heard it and just spun his head around and bugled back at Will and took off running. <laughs> and got him, the whole got time he's running, he's bucking like a, you know, like a, like a calf out in the pasture, and he's meow, 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 meow. And I'm thinking, crap, how am I going to stop this bull? And I had to call to him four times to stop him, and he ran right back to the same spot and face-planted in the cactus bush. Huh, oh. Yeah. Then we all walked up to him and realized, how are we going to get this bull out of here, and how are we going to pull him out of them cactuses? Yeah. And we all kept forgetting because we kept grabbing him, like, ow, ow, ow. Mm. But that that's my hunt. It sounds fast, but... Was I'm a lot more went into oh, it. it was yeah. cool. It was so cool. And it's cool to look back at the footage. We had Slay back there running second camera with all the callers, which was Will, and the watch Will going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And Slade stayed in between us and Will, so Slade was relaying the relaying, wheel, yeah. what was going on. And it really worked out good because Wilbur's eyes just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he loves that stuff, man. He that, absolutely uh, loves it. it. It's funny. I've gotten comments. I'm sure all of y'all have before. I've gotten comments several times about how many people we have with us sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it it can work out very well. We've, we've just because you can communicate yeah. so well man, with each other. It's like a, a when you hit a baseball out to the warning track and you got to cut it off coming to home plate. You know, you yeah. got cut off men out there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, because I mean, well, you think got to catch your call in the plays. Yeah. Think got, about how much more complicated it can be if you go in doing the shooter and caller system. If you have the one guy shooting. One guy calling, he gets back by, so behind, so far back there, he can't see you. Mm -hmm. You need to move. He doesn't know what's going on. Whereas, like, we have enough people scattered out through there. We can usually get the message across mm -hmm. working down the assembly line, you know. That's right. It's, so and, it, and it's all about the wind, man. And, and it's amazing. You know, Jimmy made the comment this trip. I sat him down after he killed his bull and, and did a little interview with him, which yeah. we hardly ever do. But I wanted, to, I wanted the sound bites from him to hear what he had to say. And he made the comment, he says, you know, I've, I've killed a lot of elk in my life with a rifle. And he says, this is my first time ever bow hunting. He says, but watching y'all for the past 25 years doing what you do, you make it look easy. And he says, it's not easy. Y'all just know what you're doing, and you know when to do it. You make mistakes. But I've never seen, this week that I've been here, he said, I haven't seen y'all make the same mistake twice. Hmm. He said, and that's pretty impressive. It is, a, I mean, it is a lot, but it and. I mean, it's still like, I mean, mistakes are going to be made. Oh, and sure. then You're dealing with an animal that lives there 365 days a year. We're just visiting. And, I, and I'm sure for the for the people, for the listeners, they, they keep hearing us reference Jimmy and then reference Jimmy killing a bull with his bow. We're going to talk about that, but we're, <coughs> we're not going to talk about it in this episode. I'm going to get Jimmy oh, yeah. sat down. Yeah, you need you know what I mean? Because that's such a hunt, you know, Jimmy killing his first archery bull at 73 years old. I don't want to sit here and talk about, you no, know, Jimmy I, I needs to. I can't relay that information as good as yeah. he's going to relay it. So, so that's so for y'all that are listening, that is forthcoming. We're going to talk, you know, we're not avoiding it. Well, we are avoiding it on this episode just because I, I want it to be from Jimmy's perspective. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, that did happen. It was, it was incredible. But, um, uh, yeah, that's I'm going to let Jimmy tell that story just because I think he needs to, you know. He witnessed, he witnessed, he witnessed in 14 days. What most, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, and and I'm saying this because we're 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 there every day. But he witnessed in 14 days what most people, and I don't mean I'm not putting anybody down, but what most people will never witness in a lifetime. 
yeah. when it comes to elk hunting. It was absolutely incredible for him to see. And he made that comment. He said, whether I kill a bull or I don't kill a bull, I just want to see that rut. And he got to see it. Yeah, thankfully. see it real close. Because I was, I was worried there for a while, you know, because when we get there, the elk was doing slow like we were talking about. And I was like, man, the first time Jimmy used to come archery hunting, and, you know, you like you want to get out there and be like, hey, elk, you know, do something, you know, <laughs> show him something, you know, yeah. and it, but it got there, thankfully. He had one come by spitting, I, I promise you, it spit in his face. Oh, yeah, that's fine. And he was like, he says, I looked in his eyes and I knew what he was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was close. I can, like, again, that's going to be fun to talk about because for for all the Jim, all the elk that Jimmy's taken with a rifle. Yeah. To, to experience, I mean, because it is, I mean, it is a different thing. It's intense. When all of a sudden... You even it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's a small bull if he comes running in there and he's ten yards away bugling that's yeah. a lot to take in you know <laughs> I know like, I know my old knees got weak yeah I mean shoot Jordan's bull was like, like the one you shot was like two yards yeah he's like eight feet there was a because y'all sent us a clip in that group message y'all y'all sent a clip of the footage. And I could tell the bull was close, but the shot, and you zoom out, and I'm like, oh, God, Jordan's right there. <laughs> like, like, yeah, Troy, lot, Troy was like, what, 15 yards from him, yeah. but I was in between you and the bull. Yeah, the, If you wouldn't <clears> have set up where you set up with that tree in front of you, he'd have walked right to you. Mm-hmm. Like, literally would have walked. I mean, literally would have had to walk around Jordan to go by him. Yeah. Like, and that's pretty impressive. That's a lot. <laughs> I asked him after he shot him because it, it was funny. After he shot him, he leaned he leaned back and thank God that pine tree was behind him because his knees buckled. Uh, and it, it, it and and I, I did the same thing when I shot mine, but I couldn't lean on the tree I was leaning on because it was a big cactus. Don't bush. lean on that. No. Yeah. But I asked him when when after he shot, I said, "Man, what pin did you put on him?" He says, "Quite honestly, I don't know. I don't even think I looked through my peep sight. It was that close." Yeah. I, like I looked through my peep when he was coming towards me because I was following him walking right. with my bow. And I couldn't figure out where to shoot him because all I could see was brown. So, I, I mean, I Instinct, think I shot him instinctive. Instinctive <laughs> kicks in. And you shoot that bow long enough, you know where it's got to yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. It um, it was wild, man. And like, to have a bow that lets you hold it back that long, not only hold it back that long, but I watched him draw, filming with my right eye and looking with my left eye ever since I had surgery. I got to do that now. Yeah. And I watched him draw that bow, and he just held it up, and, and he pulled it back like it was butter. Just well, I don't, I don't mean I don't pull but sixty five pounds for that reason. Yeah, but still, in all, sixty five pounds under that kind of situation, yeah. that that it, you rattled that at that point in time. But I like what Wilbur always says about that moment in elk hunting. Nothing else is on your mind, mm-hmm. but it shooting, all goes but away. Shooting out, everything goes away. It's incredible how yeah. it does that. And the whole time I'm watching, and I'm trying to make sure I'm in focus, and I'm I'm thinking. He's going to walk right over Jordan. I mean, and my hopes were that he turns because if he'd have kept walking like he was walking, Jordan, Jordan wouldn't have to kick him in his nose so he yeah. wouldn't run over him. It would have been one of those you kind of have to bump him and hope that he <laughs> exactly. bounds a little he bit and turns He was coming back. right at me up until he was about five yards. Yeah, because then, then he turned. Then yeah. he took a right mm-hmm. and gave me a – On that main trail. Gave me a straight broadside shot at like two yards. That's a, yeah. That's a lot to <laughs> take love, in. I like them kind of shots, man. Um. You've experienced that with Will Walker once before. Yeah, it's it's a I mean, like when you when you get an animal that big that close. Yeah, it's just a lot. Like I can't. It's you can't. Like I can't articulate everything that goes through your head. But you're you just you're caught in that moment, and you're yeah. like you're a little bit of it's like it's exciting at the same time. You're like, how's this exactly going to play out? <laughs> I mean, you know, like Jesse is one of the first things she asked me is like. What would have happened if he had turned towards you after you shot him? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, well, and, and we all had that in our mind that that guy got killed in Oregon this yeah, year yeah. By, by a wounded elk. Well, well, I hope I got behind that tree fast. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen moose do it because yeah. they can't see worth a crap. Yeah. yeah, all I could think about the like the time when I was filming Will Walker and we had that elk mm-hmm. get up on top of us is you know how you'll see a, you'll see a white a buck a you know white tail buck do it sometimes you'll see elk do it they'll kind of shake their head like a dog does mm-hmm. all i can think is like if he decides he needs to shake his head right now we are all screwed <laughs> yeah, he's gonna grab like, Will walker's bow and sling it <laughs> like i'm like this would, this could turn out poorly yeah it's it's like a it's, I, don't, I think humbling maybe a word it's just when you get one that big you're like i'm small yeah. <laughs> compared to that thing well it, it proves to me that at that time of the year, just like whitetails, just like any other wild game animal that deals with the rut or, or a breeding season, is it's the only time of the year that they let a certain part of their guard down. Yeah. And that's their eyesight. Um, they'll believe what they smell, but when they see something, I mean, y'all know how many times you draw on one as they're walking by you, and as you draw, they just stop and go, what was that? And that's yeah. your time to be able to get that shot off. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible to me. It. it it never ceases to amaze me, and every hunt's different. Yeah. Every single setup we do is totally different. Yeah, they'll. Uh, it, it's, it's just. Um, it's hard to put into words. It really is. Just well, to, especially when it all comes together, it and does. you realize how, what, how everything just had to fall perfectly into place for it to line up like I've that. Had people, you know, you 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 get those posts from people and those notes and those comments where people say, "I want to do that one day. I want to kill an elk," and I. I tell them this, you don't want to just go kill an elk. You want to go experience yeah. that true yeah. rut of, of, of what goes on during the rut when, when elk are in that breeding cycle. And it's just, I don't know, I, I, I've always said this, turkeys and elk, and Jimmy made the comment, and I've said it too, and I think we've all said it, it's a it's an 800-pound animal. It's an 800-pound turkey that can smell you. And if you're going to start elk hunting and you can you can find the time to do it, there's two things you got to have before you go. That's a really good job and a really good wife because you're probably going to lose both of them <laughs> yeah. if you're not careful. It's, yeah. it's addictive, man. Oh, for sure. I tell people all the time, you know, because I'll get that same question, like, I, I think I need to try elk hunting. And I'm like, if you like turkey hunting or if you like bow hunting or if you like both, yeah, you owe it to yourself to get out there and see it at least Absolutely. one time. Absolutely. And yeah. we're incredibly fortunate to have gotten to see it multiple times. And yep. Lord willing, I'll get to see it more. I but hope so. It is, it's, you can't overstate how special it is and no. how cool it is to be able to witness it. No, just to, don't. just to smell it, man. The first, I remember. Every, and you know every, it when you smell it too. Every year when you get out there, the first whiff you get of a bull yeah. elk that's rutting, it's like, yeah. we're back. Yeah. <laughs> I do know this. You, you think about what we went through in this 14 day trip, y'all leaving, coming back, going yeah. to Arizona, killing a bull. Look at the equipment that we use and the stuff that helps us do what we do. And and I've been blessed this past year. And this is not a commercial. This is the God's to honest truth because I, I shot a piece for him. But with, with the ankle that I have from breaking it in 1999, falling out of a tree, there's no way on God's green earth I could do what I do without them Canatrek boots. Yeah. That's the, and, and I'm not trying to sell Canatrek boots. But what I am going to sell is what Jim Wingem did for me when I ordered a new pair of boots and shared my story with him about years ago and, and when I got my first pair in 2007 and I'm still wearing that same pair today mm-hmm. and told him what had happened, he says, I got something you need to try. He builds a boot. It's called the, the Eurostep. It's an orthopedic boot. And yeah. It's got a brace built in the boot. Mm-hmm. Man, look, yesterday I spent all day 
cutting up meat and doing stuff around the house, just in my regular flip-flops, and my ankle never hurt so bad. And I told Belinda, well, Belinda actually said, she said, why didn't you wear your boots while you were doing that? And I said, well, that's a good idea, but that'd look funny running around in shorts with a big old pair of <laughs> Canatrex on. But without them, without all the stuff that we have, man, it's technology and and working with somebody like Jim who just came out of the blue and said, I want you to try this because I got people that are using one. And actually, our good friend Jim Kennedy has some of those boots as yeah. well. And to know that, that that's built in that boot and what it did, did for me, especially that day we carried your bull out. I, could, mm. I wouldn't have been Especially in all that Rocky me. stuff? Oh, my you, God. You would turn an ankle in a minute and stuff like that. And that, that's, a, that's a company that was built, you hear it all the time, by hunters for hunters. And Jim Windham is a, is a serious big game hunter. And he, he, he knocked it out of the park when he built that boot. Mm. I know for me he did. Yeah. yeah. I love them. <clears throat> Those are, yeah, I mean, especially in, like, because you get in, like, the, like, there's the there's the plains and stuff, but then when you get in those rocks and then the shell rocks, you can turn, I mean, even someone that doesn't have an ankle issue like you Absolutely. have, you can turn an ankle so it, quick. If Slade wouldn't have had them boots on when he fell with that meat, I, we'd probably still be at the hospital with him. <laughs> That's the truth. That's no bueno. No bueno. What a trip. And then Wilbur, Wilbur who kind of, Always waits till last to go. Um, Jordan was calling for him. That hunt was, that bull was so close and came in so hard, so fast in that thicket. I tell you what I did witness this year a lot more than I normally witness is we got bulls halfway in and just getting in there and just tearing trees up. Mm -hmm. I mean, Will's yeah. bull, we sat there for, I don't know, five minutes waiting for that bull to quit rubbing the tree. You couldn't yeah. call because he was rubbing the tree the whole time. Yeah. And getting them to come by breaking trees. Exactly. I've seen I think, that. Well, work. we had three or four come in just because we started rubbing trees. Mm -hmm. I've seen that work several times, but I've never seen it work the way that y'all are describing it. It works said, very consistent this year. Yeah, we very were, consistent. Both of that one you were talking about with Jimmy being so close, you spit mm -hmm. on. That's what got him to mm -hmm. come. That's a lot of times. I mean, that's always something in your repertoire. But y'all were talking like this is what's making them break. Yeah, yeah. is doing the trees. I had and that, that happen one time with Brad years ago, right there on the Pallone, and um, it was a herd bull with a bunch of cows, and he wasn't moving one bit. So I just started, I went crazy. And actually, Brad even turned to Sean, who was in between me and Brad, and told Sean I needed to tone it down. I had a shed, and, man, I, I just went to just waylaying stuff and just, meow, 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 just, and the herd cow came, and the whole herd came together. Mm. And Brad wound up killing that bull. And, you know, it, it, you sit back and look at what you did right there, and, I mean, all we're trying to do is make it as realistic as we possibly can. Jordan was busting stuff back there. I thought he was knocking trees down. Well, that's what I still I, got scuffs yeah, on my knuckles. Yeah, that's where that came from. And I was, then this bruise I got under my rib cage. I was talking to it was Giannis. I was talking to him last year about elk calling, and it was funny because when he was talking about it, he was saying uh, a lot of the ways that he learned to call was through watching, you know, Wilbur on Truth videos. Yeah. But he was like, man, if you watch elk when they're rutting. I mean, it is impressive when they're trying to sneak for an animal that big. They can be sneaky when oh, they yeah. want to be. But when they're rutting around, running around, they're not quiet. Mm -mm. Yeah, I mean, you hear rocks, you know, rolling down the mountain. Yeah. You hear twigs and limbs breaking. You know, I mean, they they make their presence known. So, I mean, it, it definitely works. It's amazing how quiet an 800-pound animal can be. And then it's amazing to watch an 800-pound animal walk through the woods and make his own path. Yeah. <laughs> they can be as loud as they want to be sometimes. That's true. Well, um... 
before we wrap this up, a couple of things. Like I said, forthcoming, we're going to do an episode with Jimmy talking about his bow hunt because that yeah. absolutely needs to be. And then we're going to do that episode with Brad. And I'm going to see if I can get Brett, the guy we hunted with at A3. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said that was, we were going to do that episode. We were out there and it just didn't work out. Um, but Arizona is, Brad will tell you, it was unlike any other elk hunt I've done. And Brad as well. We, I mean, we all talked about how it was just so, so different. It's it a, it's a yeah. different world. Um, That's why those bulls get so big out there. I guess. It was impressive. Makes you wonder what they eat because it's so dry. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> so, yeah, with the Jimmy's, Jimmy's hunt and uh, Brad's Arizona hunt as well. And then one last little tidbit before we wrap this up. What's cool about this is that it, you know, it's Troy, Jordan, myself. Is I don't know if you all realize this, but... A little over three years ago now, the first podcast we ever did, the three of us sat there and did an elk season wrap-up in 2017, and that was the first yeah, Speak we did the it Language. Yeah, we did it at the camp. That was the first Speak the Language podcast ever. And so now that this is this episode is going to be the first into the three-year mark. Oh, I didn't get you no chocolates. I'm sorry. You should have. I thought y'all would all have gifts and speeches prepared. <laughs> but... Happy anniversary. I got you. <laughs> I got you a gift. My truck's still sitting outside with all the gear in it. We got to go unload it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we'll wrap it up on that. So, it, it is kind of cool. We've been doing this three years now. I can't thank enough for all of y'all for uh, listening this long and for the people that are still new and rolling in. It's uh, It's been fun. We, plan we got on some good fun and new stuff coming up for this fall as well, too. Heck, that yeah. A lot of people don't even know about. So Yeah, hopefully, and Lord willing, we'd go a lot longer than three years. So. We'll see. But that'll wrap us up for the day. Uh, hope y'all enjoyed the conversation as much as we did talking about it. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.